Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 7 of Baki Taki. Uh, we've had a lot of exciting episodes so far. This one goes off in a different direction if, if there's any Doyle fans out there, but uh, still some fun things that happen. Before we jump into it, let's introduce our co-host for the episode, Christian. Say hi, Christian. Hi, Christian. Oh my god, Catherine made the same joke last week. I'm gonna have to, <laughs> I'm gonna have to come up with a different uh, intro. So, Christian, before we get into the episode, I have a few questions I like to ask all my guests. Uh, so first off, just so people can get a taste of your palate, what okay. type of what, what are the current shows that you're watching other than Baku? Uh, recently watched Severance. Uh, been rewatching a bit of uh, I Think You Should Leave, uh, which is I, th- I think both of those are about as far removed from Baki as humanly possible. Uh, recently watched Our Flag Means Death. Uh, Rewatch some Arrested Development. Ooh, which season? One. Yeah, good call. All right, so you're watching some pretty high, highly revered TV right now, um, including Baki, of course. Before watching this episode, what did you know about Baki? Uh, I know that it was. A, I knew it was a fighting anime because that's basically what you told me. That it's <laughs> uh, my impression was that it was going to be more like a sort of tournament arc type thing, but so far I I haven't. I mean, the episode I watched definitely didn't seem that way. So, nah, I don't know why they're all fighting, but uh... we so there there are tournament arcs in Baki, but the the current arc is very much like it's not a real fight if it's on the mat. You know, it's it's you, you gotta you gotta get down and dirty in the real world. To hell with the place, the time, or any kind of rules. When you have to fight, you fight whenever, wherever. Whether you're eating, sleeping, screwing, taking a dump, that's what real combat's about. Let's jump right into the episode. So last week, where we left things off, Doyle had jumped into Baki's uh, high school classroom. A pretty amazing feat of athletics. So in this episode, Christian, walk me through uh, how this episode starts off. So it starts with... Well, honestly, I, before even the action started, I was kind of caught off guard that this was a Netflix original. Honestly, um, I don't know why. I I just it's it a stamp me. of quality right there. Yeah, yeah. It honestly made me wonder if this is what's tanking them so badly. Yeah, the it was one of the most static action scenes I think I've ever seen. It was just it opened on the two of them in like a very strange pose. And just kind of slowly drifting away from each other and then they flipped and they were on the ground and the fight just kind of ended uh, yeah. and then he pulled out a protractor that had an exacto knife attached to it well you know I've, I've always seen a school classroom as very safe but um doyle within seconds had found two sharp objects um to use to intimidate baki and regular then... amy adams <laughs> what, what is that a reference to uh, the show Sharp Objects. It that show is actually mostly about protractors. I'm a big fan of it. That I that's why I had to ask what it is. So yeah, so Bahaki of course um, doesn't want to fight because he likes to pretend that he's an average high schooler among his high school peers, and so he jumps out of a two story window, um, much like an Avenger. Very average. Very average. <laughs> it is sort of funny, like. I guess it would be much more suspicious if if Baki like you know had a very high skill kung fu fight with a guy who just jumped into the classroom. But 
it, it's still pretty weird that he was able to jump out of a two-story window and then jog away yeah he also landed like really weird like he he landed almost like almost like a like crouch position but like not not like superhero landing like he had both of his feet on the ground and like knees just sort of bent like the the shot was basically just like his face and crotch i i didn't like it <laughs> yeah what was the interesting... animation style in this sorry uh is terrible oh i i was thinking the same thing i think that i meant to look it up before the episode this is a moment for editor Steve to cut in. But I think that this was a different studio than the other episodes. This was an ugly episode. Hey there, editor Steve here. Uh, every episode of Baki is animated by the same studio. I don't know why this one just looks worse. Yeah, the f one of the first things I noticed was how gross their hands looked. It's too bad you missed Hanayama. He had ginormous hands the last episode. But yeah, no, they, this is nobody looks good in this episode. But before we move on past Doyle, I just wanted to note, you didn't see this, but Doyle jumped like a standing jump two stories into the air to get into this classroom. But for some reason, he didn't feel like jumping down to follow Baki. I guess they just kind of forgot that he can, he can <laughs> jump. It's the Game of Thrones writer's approach. <laughs> So anyway, uh, if anybody wanted to see the conclusion to the thrilling Baki Doyle subplot, um, I don't think it's ever going to happen, but it, it, it doesn't happen right now. Um, so we move on. Baki starts jogging around the school and he walks into the gardener who is uh, gardening the school, you know. He has a nice little do. exchange with him. He's like, hi. Hey, how's it going? Hello. And I was, he keeps walking. I was hoping you'd bring that up. He says exactly, "Oh, hey, how's it going?" Like that was that that was a real window into Baki's character. Like he he seems very friendly with the staff. Yeah, it's not only is he not an average high school student, he's actually a nice high school student. Maybe he's just like an old soul, you know? Like he 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 feels like he's a well, peer he's, to this gardener. <laughs> he sounds like he's thirty, so. He has the voice of like a, a fairly heavy smoker. When, when I when I had Jack on, he described the classroom as a bunch of high school students with a twenty six year old man sitting in the back. Mm -hmm. No, that's that's about right. So, do you want to describe what happens with the uh, the kindly gardener? Uh, well, he walks past him a little bit after saying, "How's it going?" and uh, his spidey sense goes off, and the gardener throws a fucking scythe at him. No way I'm going back to class now. Huh? Baki Hanma. We meet again. Yep. So this gardener, uh, for listeners of the podcast, this is Ryuko Yanagi, one of the five death row inmates. Uh, this was the guy who uh, blew somebody's brains out with his lungs, um, if, if you remember back in episode one. And he is pretending to be a gardener at Baki's school so that he could throw scythes at him. What, what did you think of Yanagi? I, I think he had too many gimmicks. 100%. I, I, he, and I'm not sure if this is a normal thing with this show, but it certainly seems like they were just like, hey, what are, like, they found a list of old cool weapons that were like just a little obscure. And we're like, okay, we're going to include all of these. 
and then they got to this guy and they had kind of given all of the other guys like sort of cool weapons so they were just like i guess he gets like spinny sides and a little like cat claw and also the ability to like kill people with yeah well i'm sure you'll get to that bit but yeah no it's 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 like he has spinning sides he has like a weird claw in his hand and he's called yanagi the poisoner and he can create vacuums with his hand that can break brick walls and the next time we see him in the next episodes that he shows up he doesn't use any of that and he's got a new gimmick he has like eight different things it's it's ridiculous yeah that's just that's bad writing bad character design stick to one gimmick like he had the general grievous thing with like spinning the sides around like it's all quick gardener grievous uh come on not here man yeah, Yanagi is completely overloaded. We haven't even gotten into his um, his um, amazing dental work, but uh, we'll get there. Um, oh boy, I cannot wait. I have a lot of thoughts. <laughs> so yeah, well, not too much happens before then. So Baki, of course, says, "How's it going?" Walks by him. Spidey sense scythe. Um, and then Yanagi reveals himself. So Baki and Yanagi met at the big confrontation, but they've never spoken to each other. So Yanagi starts swinging his scythes around like they're helicopter blades. Baki is able to dodge them uh, because he looks at the man throwing it instead of the blade. Um, pretty, pretty standard Just... martial arts. A chain and rope weapon is difficult to evade because the blades are moving faster than the eye can follow. The mistake for the target is thinking he can dodge the blades by watching them. Yeah, but a much better way is to keep track of the guy who's throwing them. Clever. Yeah, I was going to say that they they talk about that like it was like a, a good move, but it's like, yeah, this is kind of how you fight. Like that that's like don't rule don't act one. don't act like you wouldn't have been instantly beheaded in this fight, Christian. Oh, I definitely would have, but I'm just saying, like the the rule with anything like that is like keep an eye on like, you know, what the person is doing. Like even in like most sports, it's like yeah, you got to pay attention to like what they're doing. <laughs> you don't just like watch the racket; you watch what the person is doing holding the racket. So after Baki defeats the spinning scythe technique. Uh, we get greeted by the third big player of this episode with Baki and Yanagi, uh, Goki Shibukawa, the man who can throw anybody. And he enters the fight by throwing a cold pot of water at Yanagi. I want to get your thoughts on this scene, Christian, especially out of context. This must have been quite interesting. The old cold for hot pot trick. Classic prank. Uh, it Honestly, um, there's a clip from i think it's i want to say it's the thomas jane punisher movie i can't remember though one of the punisher movies not one of the like it, it wasn't the series it wasn't the kind of yeah. actually somewhat good one but he's like torturing quote unquote this guy he has him like strung up upside down and he can't see him and he like is like using a blowtorch on a piece of metal to make it look like or to like sort of give the illusion that he's like heating something up and then he like presses a popsicle into his back and it, it, the whole thing is just sort of like, oh, you know, your body doesn't really distinguish well between like extreme temperatures when you're expecting one versus the other. So it, it is just sort of like psychological torture. Sorry, this is the uh, Punisher 
It sort of, it sort of yeah, sounds like I, something the Funisher would do. I know. It, it It's kind of a weird, like... I mean, I guess... I, I don't know the full context of the scene. I, I really can't remember. But, like, I guess the guy wasn't, you know, bullet-worthy or whatever. The Punisher pop, just seems to like... Worthy. Yeah, it was like a minor thing. Yeah. Um, he just needed information out of him. Um, but, yeah, it, it weirdly reminded me of that, and I was kind of expecting that to be what they, like what they were going to bring up because it seems like they have to explain fucking everything in this show but um explaining costs a lot less than fights <laughs> they barely animate the mouths at all anyway so oy. Oy, oy, oy. yeah so so goki shibukawa throws a cold pot of water at yanagi yanagi goes like ah and then realizes it's cold um quite embarrassing honestly yanagi Payback's a bitch. Careful. What the? It's cold. And then, you know, they, as as Shibukawa points out, this might be the greatest tag team of all time. As the expression goes, Yanagi. You're trapped between Scylla and Charybdis. <laughs> you might be facing the greatest tag team of all time. Baki and Shibukawa versus Yanagi. A shirtless high schooler and a old man with a teapot. Both of them like under five foot five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I it... mean if you're if you're under five foot five, you've got a lower center of gravity, which enables you to throw people farther. Yes. And to be honest, as far as I know, this is the greatest tag team of all time because we don't get a lot of tag teams in this show. But before we get into that, so they knock Yanagi on his ass um, and we get one of the, honestly on reflection, I think one of the most pointless and um, random segues in this show where uh, we meet with Japan's top dentist. Mitsuomi Hasegawa, age 71. Director of the Dental Association of Japan, Doctor of Medical Dentistry, Doctor of Sports Dental Occlusion, and author of Body Culture and Bite Force, among other works. Uh, who walks us through an interesting theory for the next three minutes. Um, can, can, you, can you tell me about this, uh, uh, this segment? Yeah. So basically his theory is that you're just kind of better if you grind your teeth. <laughs> um, Top athletes, remarkable chompers, uh, is I think uh, like the the crux of his quote. There was that's, like that's he basically the exact quote. <laughs> In other words, I found that top athletes have some serious chompers. Yeah, he had like studied every like top athlete in every sport, and they all had like amazing teeth. And then he found this one prisoner who had like worn down all of his molars and like basically ground them down to dust. Uh, and apparently that was like a good thing it wasn't really clear they kind of implied that like just having strong teeth was a good thing and then this guy who had been like breaking his teeth clenching so hard apparently that was even better it, it's not considering they they had this as an aside to explain things it really didn't explain anything but that was the it was just 
That, that was really confusing. That was the thing. Yanagi doesn't like bite people or anything. Like he's not. He, it doesn't even seem like he's particularly strong. Like it, it's not like he has like the strongest punch or anything. He's just a guy who apparently grinds his teeth at night. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, like if he were to bite people, he would probably be less effective than other combatants. I, I did I, I did want to add in here because I looked this up. There is a 1994 Japanese science paper I found that does say that better that ath- good athletes have stronger bite force than the general population. So so this was not made up, and I, th- I think I think that the author read an article and then decided to put it into an issue. I mean, okay, <laughs> it it doesn't really change the fact that. The scene was absurd, but yeah, it's vaguely scientifically accurate. I don't think anything else about what happened here was, but you know, it, it's cool that he was like, you know, incorporating some uh, some science. No, I think that's unfair. I think everything in this episode is scientifically accurate, um, especially once we start getting into oxygen. Um, <laughs> yeah, the deadliest poison. <laughs> they call me Yanagi the Poisoner because I use the deadliest gas, oxygen. Th- this episode is, I have to say, the least, so little happens in this episode compared to every episode before it. We spend, I would say, 90% of this episode behind the school where Yanagi was gardening. We never leave this area after we arrive there, other than to hear yeah. from Japan's top dentist. Yeah, it's basically just flashbacks are the only time we're out of this space after he jumps out of the building. So, yeah. I mean, it still felt like it was moving, like, really fast. Like, a lot of bullshit just kind of kept getting flung at the at the wall. But plot-wise, like, story-wise, not a lot happened. Um, I wanted to get your thoughts on the animation style. This is the second episode we've had where it cuts to CG in the middle of the fight. On a scale of 1 to 10, what, w- what would you give the CG? Low, like a oh, it's 3? I don't know. It <laughs> It's it's better than... Honestly, there's... I think about like some of the old like um, Nickelodeon shows, and even like Futurama occasionally had like... They, they had sequences where they had to like pan around something so they Mm -hmm. would do like sort of a 3d animated version of the character but like it always was just a 3d version of a character that was meant to be designed for 2d so it always looked wrong yeah but i feel like here in in a small way it almost works better because the show's default animation style is so gross that you kind of welcome a change even if it's not a not a particularly good one yeah, it's it's Baki has a very distinctive style in any episode, and this is the ugliest episode so far. <laughs> well, with it, just in general quality. Last episode, we had the guy with three mouths because his face exploded, which was pretty ugly, but it was mm. quite well animated in my opinion. Yeah, I I thought that the three D fights were once again horrible, um, and I can't wait until they drop that in season two. I think we're getting to the best part of the episode where Yanagi explains the uh, the way of the void. I want to get your thoughts on, first off, Christian, what is the way of the void? And do you think it's um, possible? Do you, do you think it's it's, a, it's a, a real fighting technique you could use? 
Uh, well, it's definitely very far removed from any martial arts. Um, it's a dark martial art. Yes, um, 100%. Uh, apparently, if you clench your jaws tight enough, <laughs> you can create a vacuum in your hands uh, that allows you to punch through solid concrete. And if you put the vacuum over someone's mouth, uh, you suck enough oxygen out of the air that they're breathing in and it knocks them unconscious or uh, or kills them now i should add here that this is actually what happens to baki yanagi walks up and places his hand over baki's mouth creating a vacuum with less than six percent oxygen knocking out baki instantly potentially almost killing him now i don't think it's possible to generate vacuum like that i'm not a vacuum expert I have watched The Expanse, but the vacuum in that is space. I don't... No one really just, like, you know, pops a vacuum out of their hand. Now, here's the thing. If if I had never heard of martial arts and somebody said, I'm going to karate chop through this board, first of all, I'd say, what's a karate chop? But secondly, I'd say it's impossible. Maybe being able to create vacuums with your hand is just something that you know, seems impossible because I don't do martial arts. Do you Do you have any training in the martial arts? No, but I mean, isn't isn't like doing an armpit fart kind of creating a vacuum? Like the, like cupping. Wait, Christian, you you, you said you said you didn't have any training in the martial arts. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm just thinking about this more now. Uh, obviously, this is. I mean, there could be a martial art combat application to the thing is you'd have uh, to get somebody to breathe your your armpit fart afterwards and you'd have to get your armpit fart to be exactly six percent oxygen con uh, contact yeah i mean if if this the thing about a lot of martial arts as far as i understand them is that they're not like necessarily made for fighting it's it's more of just sort of like performance based so you know maybe there is a a non-combat sport version like a a martial art that is not combat focused that does involve armpit farting vacuums it's quite possible i'll I'll, we'll have to we'll have to look into that (laughs) all right so yanagi listeners might remember that in episode one he kept trying to ask people what the most poisonous gas is Let me ask you two a question. Out of all the gases on the planet Earth, what's the most poisonous? The answer is oxygen. But once you've figured that out, it's already too late. That is the way of the void. Yes, the thing that gave me the name Yanagi the Poisoner was oxygen, the deadliest gas of them all, but also the one we must breathe to live. Ironic, isn't it? Uh, of course, it turned out to be oxygen. It turns out that if you breathe in one one breath of oxygen below 6%, you instantly go unconscious. I looked this up, much like I looked the dentist stuff up. This is, I, I found nothing even close to this, so I don't believe this is true. I, I don't know if you thought this was true or not, Christian. No. <laughs> um, I mean, I would imagine that if you had, like, sustained sort of low oxygen levels 
that yeah you would go unconscious like you've got to bring oxygen when you're climbing a mountain right like mm -hmm, or at least mm -hmm. a big enough mountain or like you know going high enough up in in the sky you got to have oxygen tank but i don't think one breath of six percent oxygen is gonna is gonna be enough you might get a little woozy but no i agree probably not even that well, you know, you know what happens um, when people go up to Everest, the, the big risk is there's actually yetis who will run up and put their hand over your mouth. And so if you aren't wearing your oxygen mask, you could get knocked out instantly at those high elevations. That explains a lot. That is the way of the void. As far as I know, even if you were to inhale pure vacuum, you wouldn't necessarily die after just one breath either. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> it's it's, so, it's like, sort of ridiculous. Yeah, vacuum is fucking dangerous, but it's not like you're just dead the second you touch it. It's bonkers. Yep. Especially, it's not even like he's actually putting him in a vacuum. He's just cupping his mouth and making him breathe 6% oxygen. Great. It's honestly the, the goofiest power of all of the in, uh, death row inmates in this arc and uh, the rest aren't exactly serious powers either uh, that's why they gave him so many other fucking gimmicks yes well he, he didn't even he didn't even do his coolest trick which is um blowing somebody's brain out through their ear and i'm disappointed he didn't do that again well they didn't want to kill off baki okay yeah that would have been pretty pretty hardcore that would have been like game of thrones you just blow baki's brain out in episode seven yeah this was seven oh, you need to put a little uh, editor's note in there yeah i mean they maybe could have killed the old man oh no that would have been dramatic oh he's the bomb yeah but so that uh so in case you guys haven't pieced it together yet um yanagi poisons or whatever we want to call it uh baki knocking him out instantly um, so if anybody was finally waiting for like a real Baki fight, um, you get about, I'd say, eight seconds of it in this episode. And then uh, Yanagi puts his hand over his mouth and ends the fight. Um, would you describe that as satisfying, Christian? Uh, no. Ba Baki just kind of let it happen. It was weird. He, he just like stopped fighting and, and let the guy walk up to him. Don't let your guard down, Bucky. Be alert, Bucky. There's sarin gas and carbon dioxide. What the hell is he talking about? I mean, the guy poisonous. just won't shut up. Cyanide. Attack! For them to die. <clears throat> Touch yeah. his mouth and knock him out. Yeah, I think he said something like, "What's he? What's he even talking about?" <laughs> yeah, and like, he could have achieved the same effect with like, I don't know, ether or something like. They could have just had it like, yeah, oh, he, he's not, like, trying to kill him. He's just, like, poisoning him with, like, you know, a knockout gas. Yeah. Well, yeah, but why would you? They didn't Oxygen's... need to use... They didn't need to come up with this contrived bullshit. Christian... They could have just used real drugs. Christian, Christian, Christian. If only you knew what the most deadliest gas was, you wouldn't even be, you wouldn't even be asking these questions. But, yeah. Also, I... I, I wanted to just point out that when they're doing their little like explanation of this vacuum technique, when he goes on about like the strong, it can even knock out the strongest of men or whatever, the like weird like dream model that they have demonstrating this just has a has a dick and balls. Like he's just got his nuts out. It's important. It's important to see that. Why? <laughs> 
it's a martial arts thing christian um okay it's a baki thing um so that's more or less the end of the episode folks um yanagi knocks out baki uh and then before he can finish off or fight shibukawa the police come and he has to leave or he feels like leaving honestly because we all know he could easily knock out the entire police department the baki police department already got their ass handed to them by a 97 year old man so um how did they get these people into death row in the first place honestly i got the vibe that they all wanted to taste defeat and so they got themselves arrested because literally like one guy got hanged another guy got electrocuted um it just didn't work (laughs) these these Hmm. guys are built different uh, so to speak well they grind their teeth clearly (laughs) exactly so uh that was an episode of baki it was it was certainly an episode I have two two outro questions for you, Christian. First off, mm-hmm. I, I I like to get a definition of e- of a character from each person on the podcast. So I figured for this episode, there's no better character than Yanagi. So if you had to define Yanagi, yeah, Ryuko Yanagi for me in a few in like a brief sentence or two, how would you define him? He's just got too much going on. It it's just he's just a mess. A mess that has too much going on. That's fair. It, he's just a clusterfuck, <laughs> ultimately. Description. All right. Last question for you, Christian. Now that you've watched an episode, is Baki a good show? No. <laughs> we just got our first yes last week. And one word answered no. That's, that's, that's harsh. Nothing happened this episode, but it was so much nonsense i will say i think you have had the worst episode of anybody so far <laughs> it's yeah yanagi sort of sucks don't worry though the listeners uh we're not gonna stick on this plot line for long but yeah uh, I, apparently I they don't stick to anything for very long <laughs> oh you're hurting my heart there all right well Thanks for coming on the show anyway. I, I hope you enjoyed uh, at least the process of watching this episode. It's, it, is, it is fun to go into it with absolutely no context and just try to figure out what the fuck's going on. I, I don't think I did, but, you know. Well, that's the joy. I definitely didn't know what was going on in the first scene. That's, that's the joy of it, you know. Sometimes it's the journey and not the solution of the mystery. And so that, that's the thought we'll leave on there. Um, before, before I sign off, one thing I just found out, I, I, I think that following the podcast and uh, leaving a comment actually matters for uh, how this podcast is promoted. So if you feel so inclined, uh, please feel free to follow the podcast on Apple Podcasts or whatever your podcast app may be. And if you think the show's good, uh, feel free to leave a review. Currently, the only review is me saying that uh, I like my own show, which doesn't hold a lot of sway. <laughs> anyway, that's all the Baki we got to talky. Were you going to say something, Christian? I, I was just going to say that's clearly a conflict of interest. Well, that's the charm. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> see you all next week. Goodbye. <laughs>